happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. But you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FM Mutiny Radio I just fucked that up again what the fuck is wrong with me yeah I got it Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! In investigations and fluffy public interest pieces to news at mutinyradio.fm. We're always looking for writers and contributions. Everybody, it's 8 o'clock here at MutinyRadio.fm. It's time for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. We have a great showcase for you tonight called I Like Fires and Other Terrible Things I Did as a Child. The comedians are going to get up tonight and tell you all about what evil, awful children they were. Right now, you guys are listening to Floating Goat, as we always play in the fills, and we're going to be right back with Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse, so stay tuned.
you guys were listening to those sweet guitar licks of Floating Goat. Yeah! Hey, welcome to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. Yay! Welcome! Yay! Uh, I'm excited for the theme of tonight's show. I like fires and other terrible things I did as a child. I was not the worst child. Uh, I was more of like a, a people pleaser, which caused me to do terrible things. You see, that's sort of, I didn't, I didn't mean to be a mean child. It just sort of happened because I was a dork and everyone made fun of me. So then I had to be mean to protect myself. Do you, do you see how that works? Uh, one time when I was in third grade, uh, I threw a brick through a window at school. <laughs> Fuck those bitches, right? Uh, it was it was that time of year where I don't know if you guys remember in the 80s, if any of you are as old as I am, we used to do something called Presidential Fitness Awards. Does anybody remember this from the 80s? Presidential Fitness Awards. You might remember them. Uh, you had to bend, you had to put your feet flat on a box and like lean forward, touch your toes, and you had to run a certain amount or something. And the one thing that I didn't do very well at, I, you had to hold yourself in a pull-up position and then they'd count the seconds, and uh, they, it was this really high bar, and I was a chunky child, and they, they, brought, they brought me up there, M- Mr. Schaefer, I'll never forget, he put me up there in a hell, and I fell down, and everybody laughed, ah, ha, 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 look at fat Pam, blah, blah, she can't do anything, blah, and I was like, I'm gonna try again, I'm gonna try again, so he, lift, he lifted me up there, Mr. Schaefer, and then I fell down, everybody laughed, ah, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so, we were at a Christian school and we all changed in this room. I don't know why. When you're a child, you don't really need to change for PE because you don't sweat anyways. Like children don't have sweat glands or something. I don't know. But they made us change clothes for this. So we're all in this room and we're changing our clothes and they all laugh and point at me. Oh, look at fat little Pam. She can't do anything. Blah, 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 blah. And so I'm just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So I, I run around the building and I pick up a brick and I throw it through the window. <laughs> so, that's, so that's what I did because I'd shut those bitches up. That's what I'm saying, you see. They never, they never laughed at me ever again so the teacher comes in everyone's what happened what happened what happened they all covered for me I didn't get in trouble because they're all scared of me now you see yeah so I've never had to ever be really terrible or evil because I only had to do one thing one time and everyone's deathly afraid of me I have this huge reputation of being a badass and it's just so not true at all I'm just a sad, I'm just a sad little fat child trapped inside of this body now. Yay. Uh, but I wasn't, I wasn't a terrible child. The worst thing I ever did was like, I, I, I still feel guilty about this. Um, at, when I was like seven, my grandma got me a, a magnifying glass and I didn't just pop ants with it like a normal child. Uh, I burned a hole in the shell of a snail. <laughs> so it took a really long time of like me, just like with the angle of the sun, just like burning the snail. That was mean. That was a terrible thing. Snails all over the universe are very sad now. Uh, another thing I did, I my this is th- I mean I have to dig deep to find terrible things as I did as a child. My parents had a big backyard and they had a lot of snails, and so I would collect them for my dad because he liked to throw them against the fence to practice fastball pitching. So that's how I learned not to throw like a girl was just with snails, just like ah. <laughs> You hear that crack. My dad was so proud of me. That's one of the only times I remember. You don't throw like a girl and you're killing snails like a boy. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Uh, I do remember my father built me this really wonderful um, 
this clubhouse kind of thing when I was little and it was two story and it was pretty amazing. And I remember having like a secret tea party upstairs with my brother and a friend and we were discussing whether we should make the upstairs of our clubhouse topless or bottomless. <laughs> and I was like, bottomless. I don't want anyone to see my weird little non-boobies. Like, it doesn't matter. What's... I was convinced at like eight that bottomless was better than topless. I don't know, the 80s. So I'm a terrible child. It's it's better. I think I still I agree. And even back then I was I actually had more preferable pubic hair because I had none. You see, now it's just sort of everywhere. Back then it was actually the way people would normally want to pay for it, you know, which is like none of it there. So the moral of the story is I wasn't I wasn't a terrible child. One of the other things I did that was terrible was only terrible for me. It was embarrassing and weird. Uh, my best friend Charlotte, she developed really young, and we were in seventh grade, and she had huge, huge boobs. Like in seventh grade, they were huge, and um, and I didn't mean to be tickling them, but we were, people were. <laughs> We were doing, we were in science class and something was happening and it was like a joke and it was like, so I like went behind her and I was like trying to tickle her middle and I ended up like grabbing and tickling her boobs and everybody was like, whoa, whoa. And I got labeled as a sexual predator in seventh grade and I was like, I didn't mean to do. And I'm like crying. I'm like, I didn't mean to touch your boobies. I'm so sorry. I had to change schools. I had to leave. I had to leave the Christian school. People, people went home and told their parents, we're, we're with a sexual offender. No, it was every, it was, there was just another thing for them to make fun of me of, you know, it's cool. It's okay. That's just add it to the list. It's fine. It's just building character, building a comedian, one insult at a time. You know, it's like you're a child and you just grow and you're like, look, I've grown a sense of humor, mom. Thanks. Uh, yeah. All right. So I really don't have a lot to say about it, which is why I'm going to move on to the comedians tonight because I'm sure that they, they asked to be on this show because they're terrible, terrible children and evil, evil little individuals back then. We don't know about it now. They might still, Timothy pizza might still be, I think that you're like an evil nemesis of someone. We just haven't figured out who yet. Maybe the calzone or like the... I don't, I don't know what the, the nemesis of the pizza is. Uh, so we're going to sing a little song. If you know how it goes, sing along with me. If you don't, you'll figure it out. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. Hi, hi, hi. Good weed, you guys. M-U-D-I-N-Y, comedy clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yay! I'm so excited about everybody in the clubhouse tonight. And you guys are going to love your first comedian. Uh, he's super funny, and you can actually see him coming up at Outside Lands, which is going to be amazing. I think it's at 2 or 3 in the afternoon. It's a competition. And uh, he's going to, he and Christopher are going to knock it out of the motherfucking park. But he's here tonight to knock it out of the park for you guys. Clap your hands wildly for David Roth! Hey, it's kind of nice to not do like a straight comedy set, right? This is just fun storytelling. Yay! I don't have to expect punchlines, just smiles. Because uh, that's what I'm working towards. I, man, I just, I had some like standout moments as a kid, but I was like you. I mean, I was fat. I weighed like 250 pounds. So I had these giant, I had Charlotte style boobs. Like I would have loved for anyone to tickle my boobs. Um, <laughs> But like yeah, I had I created all these stories just because you know you're you're constantly in stuff like instructional swim class and just 
first of all, I just created like a ton of stories about why I couldn't go swimming and take my shirt off, you know, because that's like the big thing when you're the fat kid is just avoid just creating these stories of like dead fathers who had drowned. I just I like literally told like the whole fucking swim class that my dad died drowning and then like later he picked me up from that exact swim class and it's just like um something's not quite checking out there feller i had like everyone in my family drown because you just you know you get bored of telling the same like dad drowning story eventually you just want to like spread it around to sisters and uncles and cousins and all that shit um i had like yeah just so many bad this isn't what i'm yeah i guess that's kind of a naughty thing to do but I also had weird things, um, yeah, just before I get into some of the pranks I pulled, but like, I, <laughs> these are, so I had this, this is fucking weird, and I can't, I've been trying to tell this like a stand-up joke, but it's, it's more really like a story, but um, I had, it's kind of like a hernia thing, but there was a little bit of like, like a hole in my plumbing, so that when I stood up as a kid, all this fluid went into my left testicle, like just went into my, so I had, I basically had like one one testicle was a planet and the other was its little moon. Like it was just this giant ball. But like whenever you get um, whenever sorry is that too graphic and visual for you? Because sorry if my ten years of my life interrupted your brain for ten seconds. Um, but like whenever you get checked by like a pediatric urologist or like a person, you're always lying down. When I lied when I lied down, like the fluid went back to normal. But when I just stood up, I just had this like insane like prize winning ball um and like this was also when i was going to these jewish summer camps i don't i don't feel like i need to say i'm a jew to anyone but yeah as you might as anyone might guess i'm jewish so but like basically i was a foot like i just remember peeing you know it's like these open stalls and you're just like peeing and this just one kid's like dude that is the biggest ball ever holy shit and like that's when we're all kind of like learning about ejaculation and stuff like that and so what Tawanga? Yeah. Did I say Tawanga? No. What's Tawanga? Oh, no, no, no. This was Emma Kaufman camp in Morgantown, West Virginia. <laughs> How did I... Are you trying to Jew camp me? No, I... Um, <laughs> dude, I was famous. You, you should have heard of it. You should know, my, you should know me. Um, no, no. So, yeah, so, that, so, like, while I had this giant ball, everyone just thought I was, like, going to be this, like, sex icon because I had this, like, insane text, this insane testicle. So I remember, like, one day I was peeing, and then this guy saw it, and then he, like, called other people in, and everyone's just, like, watching me pee in these open stalls. And then someone starts this chant, cream, cream, like, to fucking jizz, even though I hadn't even hit puberty yet. I just had this, like, mirage ball, and I was just, like, cream, 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 cream. And it was, like, the it was pretty fucking homoerotic, and... <laughs> And I didn't, I couldn't satisfy it. I just, I just, I had surgery and I fixed it and I was no longer a fucking hero. That's, that was that. Um, and yeah, so whatever. I had a weird boob. I had a, I still have a botched breast reduction. I have a weird fucking nipple because I lost like 80 pounds on the Subway diet, um, which is a fucking true story. I, f yeah, fuck you, fuck you, Jared. I would have been a great spokesman. Uh, I like 16 year old girls too, but that was when I was 16, so it's fair. Um, yeah. So yeah, I had a fucking so I have a weird nipple and a botched breast reduction. I had like a giant ball at one point and like and hebroids. It was just like the fucking triangle. Yeah. I know. I had like kid like my first hemorrhoids, you're so real. Like Fisher Price It's like Fisher Price hemorrhoids. It was it was just really yeah, no, I never fucking broke an arm. You know, like I couldn't have that's not my affliction. It just had to be like the most excruciating and embarrassing shit that would happen. Boobs, balls, and butthole. Like the 
fucking Bermuda Triangle of humiliation. <laughs> it was, it was bad. Okay, so I was, but I was thinking about like all the crazy shit that I did uh, as a kid, and looking back, I don't know how old everyone was, but like. All the stuff, like all my favorite stories have to do with phones, like have to do in the pre-cell pre, pre phone, obviously, pre-Star 69 era phone world, which I don't think like kids are going to get to grow up, but like, you know, there's like crank yankers and shit, and that's such a great, yeah, that's so, that's just so great, but I had like, I was obsessed, like I lost weeks of my life fucking with people with phone calls. The first one, um, yeah, so I have like three different stories that all kind of relate to telephone calls. First one was like uh, around, yeah, like around 12 or 13, my folks moved to Ann Arbor, Michigan, and they had this like fifth story uh, apartment building. It has like, yeah, it had this like view, you could see a lot of the city, like someone just built an apartment like right next to it, so you can't see shit now, but like back in the day, um, and one thing I noticed, uh, there, was this, there was this deli across the street called Ahmed's Deli. And then right on that corner uh, by Ahmed's Deli, on the intersection was this like just regular AT&T payphone. And uh, I remember just like walking down the street uh, like with my sister, just sort of hanging out as kids. And we like passed by the payphone. And I noticed that on the payphone was a phone number. And I just, it kind of, it just kind of like snagged in my mind at the time, but like, I didn't really, I don't know. It's just like, why is there a, and then when I, I don't know, we walked back from that same journey and I was like, and my sister, uh, I'm going to stay here. Why don't you go home and call this payphone? So she like scurries back, uh, home upstairs and I'm just standing there and like two minutes later, I just hear like the phone ring and I pick it up and she's like, David? And I'm like, Anne? And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to fucking change my life. <laughs> I have the number to a payphone that's like constantly being like traversed back and forth. So, man, I just fucked with absolutely everyone in the town of Ann Arbor. I think, and it, and it grew, like it just grew from small things. It would just, people would walk by and pick up and I just, it started like kind of creepy. It started kind of like just mean with no purpose. It'd be like, you, they, someone would pick it up and be like, you, and be like, like you with the Navy LL Bean bag with the monogram JLZ, I can see you. You're looking to the right. You're look. I was just like a, I was just like a fucking creepy ass bitch, and it was like really mean spirited. I don't, I don't know why. It was just my first. You know, like when you're a kid, that's what kind of why bullying happens. It's just like your first experience with power, and you don't know what to do with it. Um, but then I, I started doing something that I thought was more positive, but this is actually more crushing, because um, there was this, I don't know if anyone remembers this either, but there was a show uh, by Robin Leach called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. He's like, oh, I'm Robin Leach, and welcome to Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, blah, blah, blah. And so I love that accent, and I was just learning sort of like parroting and stuff, so my new thing would be when people were walked by the payphone, I would call it and I would just, and they'd pick up and I'd be like, <laughs> they would pick up the phone and just be like, hello? And I'm like, hello, I'm Robin Leach and you, sir, wearing, you know, the Navy hoodie, you have 30 seconds to walk inside Ahmed's Deli and say, tickle me, tickle me, tickle, tickle me to salam the cashier and you will win $5,000. Starting now, three, two, one, go! And then you just see this like confused person. I have no idea like how old I sounded if it was like, hey, I'm Robin, like, I'm Robin Lee. Like what that actually must have said. And you just see this person like, is it really worth me like 
what the f- like no one's fucking ready for that and also this is also the person that picks up a payphone right these are just weird people <laughs> so like 90% of the people were just like baffled and they kind of by the time they processed they were like I'm not they just they're just confused people but then like 10% of the people would fucking like you know just like scurry over to fucking Ahmed's and like ask us to do it and that was the most rewarding feeling just like I was just so proud of myself for that prank. Um, and then, yeah, it was, but that was fucking more evil, right? That's like twice as evil as like scaring the shit out of people and just being like in a creepy voice. Um, but then I remember this one guy I did that to. He just came out. He was kind of like this hippie looking dude with like a ponytail and like a leather vest. And he just, he walks in, he, scur- he like fucking runs in. He's just like, I don't know, he kind of one of those weird cowboy runs. <laughs> and he was like gone for like, 10 minutes, I'm just like fantasizing about what this conversation must be like. I'm dying, like, I don't know why I didn't send my sister in to like listen to it, but then he just came out just looking really forlorn, like he really needed that $5,000. Like this is, right? Like this dude, this is, this was, I don't know, like punk was happening and there was like shit, this shit wasn't out of question, you know? Like I was totally, but he just like went back to that very corner, like where the payphone was and he was just like, God damn you, God damn you. <laughs> And then there's just people walking. I'm like sitting there and just like, shit, like finally realizing the consequences. And then there's just people walking by. This is, they must think this dude is just like bad shit crazy, right? He's just like, there's just random like people passing by in the street. Like this guy fucking lost it. And then that got, that got me to stop. So that was, yeah, well, that was fucking evil, right? Really manipulating emotions. Uh, the next, the next one, this, this like took, I seriously, I, I was like, I got into a black hole of six months of doing this, but there's this is awful, and it might this might still exist. There's a service for deaf people. To this is yeah, I'm I'm bad. Oh, I'm bad, fellas, ladies. This guy's bad. Um, there's a service for deaf people called Sprint Relay Online. It's a very courteous thing that Sprint does for people, where if you are deaf, you can like type in a message. And that person will call on your behalf and say, hi, this is Sprint Relay Online. We have a customer using our service uh, who's deaf. Uh, and so I'm going to be speaking on behalf of them. Is that OK with you? So that, I mean, you guys can just fantasize. I think it may still be, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, yeah, no, I, whatever kind of hell there is, like, plot me in it, because I'm, I'm there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just started with, like, fake calling everyone I knew for phone sex, just like ever, like as a fucking team. But then what was even more rewarding, bizarrely, was like, I, st- I don't even know how I thought of this, but I started calling like busy restaurants. <laughs> like there was this place, <laughs> there's this place called Pizza House. And it was so fucking slammed. Um, and there was so many items on the menu of, of Pizza House. And so I called uh, Pizza House and then they're like communicating this thing. And then I was like, hi, would you please tell me what's on your menu? <laughs> and then they'd be like, sorry, sir, like, we, we're really busy tonight. And then I, this was the line that I came up with that was like, fail safe. And I, I wrote, please respect my disability. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're just like, uh, what kind of pizza? What kind of pizza toppings do you have? And then all of a sudden, just I just well, I'm looking at a computer screen that this operator's typing in, and it's like onions, peppers, black olives, 
tomatoes. Like it just, it just went down. Like they just, I was like, what kind of sandwiches you have? Like this dude was just, and and then in the to the point where like even the operator was like, they type in little asides and it was like phone ringing like in the background. Like there's just like, like you can just. You could hear like deep sigh, like they would just add all this color to the shit. I just, yeah, I just totally fucking took business away from like Ann Arbor's most popular pizza restaurant for no fucking reason, cause just, cause I'm a dick, and that was just something that amused me. Um, and the third story, oh yeah, this this one, I don't know, I feel like everyone may have done this, but there was, this was like back when, this is back when like com- three-way calling and conference calls were like a huge, a huge thing. So you would. Um, yeah, this is, I, th- this, I think this is before Star 69, but like, so you kind of had to hit it just right because you would call a number and then it'd be like ring, ring, but when that happens, you need to press conference, the conference button and then dial another number and then so you're, di- you're di- dialing like 10 more numbers and if, if you're still dialing, then the first person's going to hear, when they pick up the phone, they're going to hear ringing and kind of think it's weird and then that might fuck up the thing, but if you dial and then... There's like three, yeah, if you, there's just a, like 20% of the time, the person, they would each pick up at the exact same fucking time, and they wouldn't realize that they're being like the victim of a prank call. So, dude, I had, I had, I, oh, man, it was, this is like genius as a kid. Like, there's nothing, there's no better feeling. But I had, I mean, I just started with like Domino's calling Pizza Hut as the first one. It's like, hi, this is Domino's, hi, this is Pizza Hut. What would you like, sir? What what would you like, sir? Uh, You called me. No, I called, and then I remember... And this just can go on, like, because no one's, they're just, and they're both, like, customer service oriented. They're not going to, (laughs) like, hang up on people. Like, they're trying to figure out what they want. And they're like, why are you calling? Okay, so then, (laughs) and then, probably my favorite one, this was, this was, like, a true, I would say this is, like, a true heroic moment of my prank, of my pranksterism, but I called my, like, chunky um, medieval history teacher in high school, Aurelia Dan, um, for those listening at home, and then I called her with Domino's. So, <laughs> so, she's, so I'm, I'm so fucked. Uh, I really hope there's not a judgment day. I would, I would, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to hell. Uh, so, but she calls, and it's like the perfect. Like this happens, and it's just like the perfect. Like hel- she's like, hello, and it's like Domino's. How can I help you? And she's like, I don't remember calling. She's like, I don't remember calling Domino's. And you're like, uh, yeah, you call Domino's. Like, what can I get for you? She's like, oh. Um. <laughs> I guess I'll have two large pepperoni pizzas, please. And it's, it just was like a normal. She just ordered dinner from the fucking prank call. Like, the fat woman just ate Domino's, and I did it. Like, that was, I just, affe- I, I affected change, guys. I, I made Domino's $23 that night. Um. So yeah. Anyway, so those are my three different prank calling stories. I really, yeah, that was I was such an evil kid in that way. I loved I love prank calling people. Anyway, thank you guys so much. I've been David. Enjoy the rest of your comics. David Roth, everybody, taking money away from Pizza House and giving it to Domino Pizza Hut. From Pizza House to Pizza Hut. Uh. I think we're gonna. I think that tonight is gonna be going in uh, in order from the least severe of crimes to the most severe. I think we're gonna like progressively get more. Dis- I hope it happens that way. Uh, yeah, we're going from Ann Arbor, Michigan, all the way down to Misery, Missouri, 
to the childhood of one of my favorite people. I want to hear what fucked up shit you did as a kid. I can't wait. You guys are going to be in for a treat right now. Clap your hands wildly. It's LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, win! When you did your prank calls, by the way, did you ever use the, uh, is your refrigerator running? See, you're so creative. You're a little asshole. See, I was, I'm just a really strange kind of kid. I was, when you're the only child, you get very creative because you're bored and you talk to yourself and make characters and cut off Barbie doll's hairs and, you know, do weird things with it. Um, I went to Catholic school, so I blame partly that and raised in a strict Catholic house. Um, I still actually have nightmares of that. I have nightmares of where it's like 1988 and I'm sitting in first grade with Sarah, who is my best friend, and I'm an adult and I'm still there. And I'm like my age now. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing back in first grade? I hate it this year. This is terrible. This is awkward. I had a jerry curl. And for those who don't know what jerry curls are, just look it up, okay? It's, it's, it's the black people's version of a mullet. It's embarrassing. Uh, um, so like, yeah, you know, after school, I would like, you know, play violin. And then I started to do weird shit come dinner time. So I would go down to the creek and uh, fish for craw eggs by myself and uh, sit there and have like one woman adventures by myself. No one else there. I'm just like, can anyone hear me? No, no one can hear you. I'm over here. No, I'm over there. Let's go get some craw eggs. Yeah. And then sometimes my grandparents would hear me and they're like, Toya, who are you talking to? Nobody. Just my inner self, because I have no friends. Oh, that's not, trust me, I get a little bit weirder. I had this time, this time period between, I remember from five to seven, where I like to lock myself in small places. So I had this thing where I would put myself in the dryer. (laughs) Just cause, no reason, just cause I just wanted to see. You know, luckily no one turned it on. But I was doing that for a while until I got caught by my grandparents. My grandmother loading laundry. She opens the dryer. She's like, what the hell are you doing in the dryer? I'm just like, I'm just bored. I don't know. I'm just in here. It's just, it's like a spaceship to me. Weird. (laughs) Fucking weird. Um, Oh, and then I had this uh, also fascination with putting myself in clothes hampers and treasure 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 trash. Rah, rah, rah. Treasure tre- chest. I can't say that fucking word. Damn. Um, and just like would stay there for hours. Not. I, I don't know why. Still to this day, I'm like, I don't know why. And then from that phase comes elementary school, Catholic school again. Um, I had this phase where I would uh, draw people's heads getting chopped off. Now, I'm not a serial killer. I know that sounds like some really fucked up shit, but I thought it was funny for a couple years until I went to therapy. <laughs> and my mom's, all these books about, you know, childhood and all this stuff, where I saw more of them on the bookshelves. And I was like, why, what, why do I have to go to some therapy? She's like, because the teacher told me about you drawing the picture of Santa Claus with his head chopped off. 
And I'm like, I thought that shit was funny. I'm like, that's funny, right? She's like, no, that's sick. They're worried about you. I'm like, well, I, I just, I like violence. I just, I, I thought it was funny, you know? I mean, as a kid, I loved horror movies. So, like, I used to love watching the show uh, Up All Night on USA. I'm aging myself. Um, and they show really bad horror movies. So I grew up with watching Toxic Avenger and weird, funky yeah. shit like that. So, I mean, it wasn't the best stuff for like an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old to watch, but I did it, and I learned it, and I started doing even more weird shit, like writing on the walls, profanity, in my grandparents' pool room. Um, not like swim pool, but pool pool. Uh, I would always write my favorite word was shit, uh, and bitch, and... I would always write that on the wall, and I love to write. <laughs> I love to write "fuck" in the encyclopedias of my house, <laughs> just cause, just no reason. I'm like, did I really want to get into trouble? Yeah. They, I mean, my nickname was Latoya the Destroyer for like years, and people still call me that to this very day. And I'm in my 30s, like, cause I was destroying shit, like. One year, beautiful Christmas tree, decorated, oh, so pretty. Where could, here comes Latoya, did you story? I knocked that motherfucker down. No reason, just, just cause. Just, just cause, I, I just felt like it. Um, oh, another one, at Latoya Destroya strikes. Um, my Aunt Ophelia, she was, God bless her soul, she had just got foot surgery. She wanted to play with me. No, you don't play with Latoya the story because I am a riled, rambunctious child with a jerry curl. So, she's like, I'm like, okay, you wanna play? All right, let's go. I jumped on her foot. Right after she had foot surgery. Am I an asshole? I still, yeah, yeah. Minus this was over 20 years ago. Yeah, I'm still a dick for that, yeah. But why did I do that? Why? Why? I don't know. Just, just cause. There's no reason for it. Um, so I mean, I lived this Latoya the Destroyer persona for a very long time. Um, teenage years, my favorite era of doing a lot of uh, raves and uh, a lot of uh, mo or excuse me, they didn't call it Molly, they did ecstasy. <laughs> I had this uh, my first car had a bunch of bumper stickers on it that said, mommy, can I go out and kill tonight? And all scary shit like that. Uh, very true. <laughs> I remember I stumbled home. I wasn't drunk, but I was on another substance. And my mom comes running in, cause I kept playing with the garage door opener. It kept going up and down, up and down. And, and I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but the lights are just great. <laughs> and my mom comes running. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? Get your ass in the house. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I, I thought the garage door was stuck. No, I knew it wasn't stuck. I just liked the lights because I was high. <laughs> I knew that. So of course I got grounded or what have you. And then she made me watch this 2020 special about ecstasy and you know that was my punishment and I showed her train spotting. <laughs> I don't know why. She needed to learn that one. So yeah, I think 
you know, I, I was really bored. I had friends once I moved to St. Louis because um, I grew up in a small town called Springfield, very racist town you guys should visit. Um, <laughs> your grandfather still lives there. <laughs> That's my cousin, I can point that out. Um, I, um, there's another thing I would do really fucked up. I had this thing about spinning records backwards <laughs> because I heard you could hear the devil. <laughs> I don't know. Catholic school really did a number. It was just like, you know, I just wanted to spin it and hear these names. I mean, I guess. <laughs> and, it, you know, I, I, someone told me about that, and I was just like, ooh, let's do it. Let's try it. Let's hear the devil. And then after that, let's play Bloody Mary. And if anyone knows what Bloody Mary is, it's a stupid little game. <laughs> where you lock yourself in the bathroom again, locking myself in spaces again, and say Bloody Mary three times with the lights off and you're supposed to see Bloody Mary. That shouldn't happen, I just saw myself, so I must have been the evil person I was looking for. <laughs> but again, bored, and I don't know why, it's just cause. So, I mean, I can be up here all night and tell you some really horrendous stories, but uh, I'll leave that to more people I don't know why, but I'm going to give this back to you, Pam. <laughs> LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth win. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Did you play that one? I love that game. Yeah, they never would play with me because I was fat, and they knew it wouldn't work. They couldn't lift me. I was a chunky, chunky child. One finger? No, they're like, we need 15, fi too many girls. Too many, too much. Yes. Uh, moving along, your, uh, your next comedian, uh, I, I saw a picture of him today stabbing a cake <laughs> as a child. Uh, evil, shirtless, stabbing a cake. I have a feeling that he, these, as I, they're going to get progressively scarier. <laughs> I want to hear about his fires. Everybody put your hands together. It's Timothy Pizza! <laughs> Uh, I was really excited when I saw the post today, but they needed another comic for this. So I was like, oh, I've done a lot of really dumb shit. Um, this isn't even like dumb shit because like, I, I can't even take responsibility for it yet, but I'm going to bless you guys with the story of my first public erection. Um, I don't remember how old I was, but I, I, was, I was fucking young and I was in Catholic school and they have you on a little tiny desk. You know, it's like you're sitting in the desk and then they got the thing and you can lift the top of the desk up. And I got the uh, smelly pens, like the purple, the blue, the green. They smell like, you know, the, what are those called? I don't know, I'm fucking whatever. And you can stack them on top of each other, like the cap of one will fit in the bottom of the other one. And I get an erection for the first time in my life. And I'm like, oh, this is new. You know, <laughs> it wasn't a sex thing. It was like, it was like whatever. So um, I stack like three of these markers from the inside of my desk. And I've got this like raging kid hard on, and I'm like maybe 60 pounds. I'm scrawny, so back then my dick must look huge. <laughs> so I'm like leaning back in these like uh, Catholic uh, corduroy pants, feet off the ground, and I've got this hard on. So and then I uh, and then I take the uh, the markers and I and I stick them on top of my penis, and then I lean it against the desk. <laughs> And I start flexing my penis up and down and make the market move up and down. And I hold my hands up like this. And this girl looks over at me just like, ah! Like, she never said anything. Uh, I never got in trouble for that. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised if she, like, started Megan's Law. Um, 
I mean, it was, you know, and then uh, recently, uh, uh, soon after that, my parents got divorced. Um, I think it was like 85 or 86. And I just turned into the angriest little troll man ever. I was just like, fucking everything, like everything pissed me off. Like this step stool, I'd be like, you're a step stool, you're not my real stool. Uh, you know, I was like, I used to just break shit. I was, it was, I used to go down to San Ramon Valley Boulevard in Tassajara, the busiest at intersection, and hit the stop button for to walk, and then all the cars would stop, and I'd just stand there. <laughs> yeah. I just flip everybody off with a straight face. By myself. By myself. That's like, I lived in this town. It was like a Catholic town, a wealthy town, and I was the only fucking kid I knew with divorced parents. And then I finally met another kid, Brian, who had divorced parents, and we destroyed this fucking place. We were awful. We, were, we, we never fought like with people. We never got in fist fights. We, we were cruel, but we didn't do things conventionally. Um, yeah, we were, we were, yeah, we were, uh, well, I got arrested at 10 years old. Um, so Brian's dad, uh, he, Brian's Filipino, so um, his dad did not give a fuck. Like, he only cared if we were making noise. And if we were out of the house, that was even better. So, if, like, and they don't yell at you if you're Filipino. They, they do this. It goes, you know, like, so we'd be, like, getting into shit, and we'd hear, like, through, like, TV and music, we'd hear from, like, you know, 50 feet away, no, I mean, shut, quit whatever the fuck you're doing. Um, but we made it past that one night, and we get out of the house, and Brian dares me. He's always daring me. I was, like, kind of the, the more timid one, and he was always, like, the more rageful one. Uh, and he's like... We got a teepee Chris Winch's house. The guy, the guy was talking shit about you. Uh, yeah, he would always make up these stories and they were never true, but I always believed him. And he'd be like, yeah, we got a teepee Chris Winch's house. So I, yeah, as a 10-year-old child, think it's perfectly normal for me to walk into a Safeway at 2 a.m. and buy 50 rolls of toilet paper. And I'm like carrying these giant things out. And then like they let me buy it and they let me walk out of the store. And then they just called the cops. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I was I was in that creek um, behind Alpha Beta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in the bushes. They're teasing me all the way down there. I was like hiding in a bush with like all this toilet paper. Just like, yeah, they, they brought me home. Um, they threatened to bring me to juvie. I was like, take me to juvie. Don't take me home. And they were like, no, no, no. You got to go home. I'm like, you don't want to deal with my mom. They brought me home anyways. And they dealt with my mom. It, it, it wasn't funny. It was, it was, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you're a 10-year-old buying, you know, that, I mean, if I was, like, 15 or 16, it wouldn't matter. But uh, the fact, like, a, you know, a little 10-year-old kid at 2 a.m. just buying. <laughs> just, just buy, yeah, just buying. So, like, this is normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, somehow I got my hands on the biggest fucking cache of uh, fireworks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't say firecrackers anymore. You have to say fireworks. got to be PC. Um, so I had this, this cash. Like, I took, like, my, uh, my mom gave me this old reclining chair, and I hollowed it out and just filled the whole thing with fireworks. And um, when were the Oakland fires? When, were, when was Oakland just burning to the ground? 89, Something like that, yeah. So... Yeah, like, in the middle of the Oakland fires, I am in Danville uh, with Roman candles just shooting them at a dry hill. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Uh, my mom's vacuuming. Police officer, bring me home again. Uh, horrible child. Horrible, horrible fucking child. Uh, and then uh, at 16, I got this really cool uh, Chevy S10 pickup truck. It was white with blue stripe, bucket seats. It was uh, it was badass. And um, my mom had this like shit boyfriend. Um, he was like this hick. Uh, when my mom got divorced, she like heard the song Gone Country, and then she decided to go country. Um, she's still country though, so she she stuck with it, man. She's got two horses, and uh, yeah, she's a lover to death. But uh, yeah, she heard that song. I'm going country, and she she fucking went with it. Um, so like this weird like half drunk hick dude named Tom's at my house, and uh, he's always like yelling at me and shit, and I'm like you know like fuck you, man, you don't know me, and then like. I think one time he smacked me, and then I just turned around and socked him in the face, and I was like, you sleep here, I'll cut your throat. Uh, and then, uh, so he never fucked with me ever again, but um, my mom talked him into uh, when I was sleeping, she had him load up my pickup, my brand new fucking pickup, with all this garbage, like wood, nails, and all this other shit. And then I come outside, and like, the truck's like, it's like all scratched to shit. The better this year. And then he's like, he's like, a good truck needs some scratches. I'm like, fuck you. And then he uh, hands me a $20 bill, and he's like, go to the dump. I'll pay for the dump. You got lucky. I'm like, fuck you, man. So uh, I uh, go out to, like, this nice hillside in San Ramon. And uh, I just... <laughs> I just open the tailgate and just uh, throw it in reverse, get up to like 30 and then pull the e-brake, just launch this shit everywhere. At like 6.45 in the morning. And then I go pick up my buddies for carpool. Um, and then I guess in the garbage, uh, I had a bunch of my brother's stuff. And he was in high school. Uh, I was freshman, he was like a senior. And then uh, at lunchtime, I see him handcuffed and getting walked out of uh, the Catholic high school that we went to. Yeah, uh, that was that was a fun one to explain. I I can't clarify. What Brandon Chase? No, I was like, no, 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 that was me. I'm sorry. I was mad at my mom's boyfriend. Blah 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 blah. And they're like, just go fucking clean it up. And then, but my brother had to suffer like the misery of getting like walked across the whole fucking campus in handcuffs because I was a cheap, lazy motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no, De La Salle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, because we did this, we invented this thing called power boxing. Yeah, I used to power box. Wait, you, you know what this is? I thought. Oh, we, yeah, Daniel power boxing. Wait, what's your definition of power boxing? You go up to someone's house, yeah. you turn off the power, but yeah. you don't go around and you get them by the windows, you bang on the windows and scare the fuck out of them. Well, no, we, this is, this is. This is like the meanest thing ever. There was like this girl, like uh, Melissa, and uh, she just dumped my scumbag friend Wes, and um, she was babysitting these little tiny kids at this really nice house, and it was a big deal for her. And uh, we got this other little shit bag to go to the power box. And you guys, you remember the clap on, clap off commercials? So we like ring the doorbell, and we're sitting across the street, and she just answers, the little kid answers the door, and uh, I go, clap on. And then power box the house. <laughs> Clap off. And then we just kept doing it for like hours. She's crying. The kids are fucking screaming. The parents come home. And then, uh, so Wes had a Suburban. Wes had a Suburban. He was on the baseball team. So they kept all their gear in the car. So it was like me, uh, Wes, like six other dudes in a Suburban with like 15 baseball bats. And we're gunning it away from this chick's house 
because we had been power boxing and the girl was so frantically like freaked out about the situation that she called the parents of whatever thing they were doing to come back. You know, they weren't her parents. She was babysitting. It was, we got her in a lot of trouble. <laughs> and, uh, and then we see like this gorgeous nativity scene and we get all the bats out of the car and we were like, it was beautiful. Like, uh, Chris had baby Jesus like this and like I was running and like we were kicking and then we hit it with a bat and like the people and then the people came outside like that owned the house and we're like what I got a bat and like they're like we're gonna call the cops and then we just drove onto their lawn and like drove over the nativity scene and then just went and parked the car like six blocks away around the corner at his dad's house like, it was fucking fine. And you know what? It was fucking fine. They never, like, they never, I mean, maybe Wes got in trouble, but he never told us, but I, I, I doubt it. Like, I, I, the shit that we got away with was just fucking, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I got into the, uh, to, into the arts of, the, I guess remember VCRs. Um, yeah, there was like a, there was, there was a hot porno tape going around school. Um, this is probably when I was younger. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing this chronologically. Uh, I was very young. Um, yeah, so, uh, uh, there was a hot porno tape going around with my brother's crowd, and I knew how to work the VCR, and my brother didn't. So my brother's like, hey, uh, Timmy, you gotta, you gotta dub this tape. I'm like, all right. He's like, here's a blank one, and here's a porn one. So like, four years later, my mom has like these weird aunts over that like live in the Midwest. And they're like, can we see the video of Timmy learning how to tie his shoes? <laughs> so they throw this tape in that's like me learning how to tie my shoes. And uh, it was a really big deal because I was born with club feet and like I didn't walk till I was like four. And like, like it was huge. For me. It was really sentimental for my mother. And they pop in the tape, and it's um, a hot tub filled with pasta. Um, and three women stuffing each other with pasta. I don't know how the fuck my, like, 15-year-old brother got this tape, or, like... I, I, like, all I did was put it in, but my, it's burned into my mom's mind. And she still shames me for it publicly every Christmas and Thanksgiving. Every Christmas and Thanksgiving, I have to hear about the porno tape and the pasta. And, uh... Spaghetti. Spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, it was butter, too. It was butter and cheese. That's, and the weird thing is, is, that's how I eat it. And I wonder what came first. Like, is that why I eat the pasta that way? Or, yeah. 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 Um, so, uh... I was, uh, I was like looking for colleges or something, and um, I went to go check out, uh, I was like 19 or something, how old are you when you do that, like 19? 18. 18, I was like 18. So I went to this, uh, it was either San Diego or Chico, I don't fucking remember, I got, uh, yeah, yeah, it was one of the two. Uh, I went to both, and um, I got so drunk, um, and I blacked out, yeah, it was probably Chico. <laughs> Yeah, and I woke up on the, uh, in the middle of like the dance floor at a frat house, just like at six in the morning. And like, I, nobody had like, there was only like one guy had a cell phone, maybe, I, I don't know, or I don't even know if they had them, it was like paging people. I had to like go outside and look for the street address and like all this other shit. And then, um, you know, I find this ticket in my pocket 
And um, where it says my name, it doesn't say Timothy Pizza. It says Henry Weinhart, which is <laughs> which is the beer that I was drinking. And I was like, I can just see my fucking my stupid ass talking to a couple. Like, yes, my name is Henry uh, Henry J. Weinhart. Uh, this is my address. And I'm terrified that. Uh, you know, I think you have to get somebody to sign it and pay a fine. Um, so I come home, or like one of the other one of the other kids got one. He uses his real name, and she called my mom. But somehow my mom found out about it. So my mom's got the ticket, and uh, I'm not there. My mom's at work with a couple of her coworkers, and she's in tears, and she's uh, calling the like, you know, the police department at Chico, and she thinks Henry Weinhardt is the officer that arrested me. <laughs> And she's like, I need to speak to Henry Weinhardt. He was a blah, blah, blah. And they're like, are you fucking serious, lady? They're like, that's a beer. Like, I was scot fucking free, too. Like, I mean, Henry Weinhardt wasn't. Yeah. Uh, man. But I guess, like, her, all her coworkers just, like, fell out of their chairs laughing hysterically. So she was, like, really upset about her son getting arrested for, like, you know, what, was drunk in public? Yeah, that was probably what it was. Um, and, uh, and then, like, her friends laughing and pointing at her hysterically because she's asking for Officer Weinhardt. Um, you know, meanwhile, I'm, yeah, total, total, total shitbag. Um, cool. Do I have time to talk about my uh, weird jizz bed? All right. <laughs> Okay, cool. So, uh, uh, my room in my house, uh, like, I took the closet doors off and, like, I had this little indentation and I had, like, one of those trendle beds. And um, it was just, like, a mattress on top of the thing. And, like, uh, you know, I started exploring my body as, like, you know, whenever you do. It was, like, if I was, if I was an Indian child, that would have been, like, rivers of jizz. <laughs> or, like, <laughs> dances with self. Or like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, di- I, you know, I didn't know how to clean up properly, so I was just wiping this shit on the on the side of it and just never thinking about it again. Like I'd go under the sheet and just wipe it on the side, and like and then it started going up under the thing, and then it was just like this disgusting like thing. So one day, uh, I, you know, I never thought it would come back to get me. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, like, one of my, uh, wh- like, I was getting older, they were like, uh, Tim, you need to get a real bed. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then uh, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll give your old bed to so-and-so. It was like one of their friends who had, a, you know, like a younger kid. And um, I just remember, this is probably the worst I've ever felt. It's like, because it was like, you know, there was like this guy carrying the, the mattress out of the room. And it's like iridescent. Like, it looked like, it looked like a family of salamanders lived on it. Um, and... Uh, and I, he knew, and he was, he knew damn well what I'd been doing. And like, he was, like, he was touching it because he had to carry it out. But he's like, being a man and being respectful and not calling me out, he didn't go like, this is fucking gross. You got a weird jerking off kid. Because that motherfucker probably jerked off more than I did when he was my age. Well, I hope so. I mean, I could, that's the only way I can rationalize it because he didn't say anything. But uh, that was, I think, the time I learned what shame was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I had, I had, a, I had a weird upbringing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, if you have, if you have a single parent, you raise yourself. Yeah. So I mean, I did the best I could. All right, thanks, Timothy Pizza. Timothy Pizza, everyone. Oh God, I'm glad they didn't. You didn't have any black lights in your room when they were taking that out, and they're, they're like, oh, there's a crime scene here. He murdered someone with jizz. Oh, God, why is it everywhere? I threw up in my mouth a little bit there when you started talking about that, just so you know. A little bit of beer came up. I swallowed it. Don't worry. I'm, I'm okay. It's going to be fine. 
Wow, we're getting progressively weirder. I can't wait to hear your next comedian, you guys. Uh, she is amazing. She's up the punchline all the time, and she right now is gonna make you guys laugh. I can't imagine you being an evil child, so I can't wait to hear what's gonna happen. Everybody, you guys are gonna love her. Put your hands together, it's Kelly Lynch! Honestly, I was having trouble coming up with the bad shit that I've done. I was like digging deep as well. Oh my God. You know why though? Because one, I was really lazy. And two, my mom is Jewish. So the guilt started when I was in the womb. She was like, oh, I'll remember that. Yep, I never, I never got grounded or any of that because like she just had to give me the look the eye and the sadness and the shame, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> I'll never draw on the walls again, Mom, I'm sorry. Oh my God. No, actually, I was, I was a mean little fucker, though. <laughs> I'm still a mean little fucker. <laughs> the only difference is now I have a California state ID. <laughs> I don't drive still. <laughs> I get, like, road rage at the grocery store with my cart, so you don't want to let me loose on the real streets. Like, bitch, I am trying to get some Ben and Jerry's. Move out of my fucking way. Oh my god. <laughs> no, like, actually, I was more of a dumb kid. I did some really stupid shit. Like, you know those Corningware dishes? They're, like, supposed to not break. Yeah, yeah, I did that. I was demonstrating for my friend, infomercial style, the durability of said bowl. I banged it really hard on the kitchen counter, sliced my hands right open. I'm like the before, you know, like, I'm the, I'm the before person where you need the product to help you. <laughs> I, I also did that with a jar of marbles, a glass jar of marbles. I wanted to see how many times I could hit it on the ground before it would snap open and shatter. Cut my hand doing that one too. <clears throat> one time I decided that tying my legs together with a ribbon would be a really fun little challenge to see if I could walk. And it was for like the three seconds I was upright. And then I hit this chair in front of me and it was shaped like a bear. I forgot it was there and it gave me quite a scare. <laughs> it's funnier if you make it rhyme. <laughs> I busted my, my mouth open on it and my friends can tell you I haven't closed it since. <laughs> you would think that Sesame Street would have made you smarter, right? Like that was a pretty educational program. Well, I used to watch like Bert and Ernie and I remember they would shake their fish food in the bowl to like feed the fish. And I wanted to be a baller like that. I really wanted to do that little move, like that shake, 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 like a Polaroid pitcher. But my mom was like, no, you gotta take a little pinch, a little sprinkle, you don't wanna overdo it. Pinch a little sprinkle. I was like, mom, that's a pussy move. <laughs> I wanna feed the fish the cool way, okay? 
So I proceeded to follow my orange and yellow role models, and I did it. A fucking flaky avalanche ensued. I suffocated those fuckers. <laughs> they had to buy that big plastic castle in the sky. But at least after three seconds, they didn't remember what I did. Ah, uh, yes. I was a danger to our fleshable friends. <laughs> as, it, as well as myself, apparently. Uh, but as dumb as I was, I was very advanced in my sexual curiosity. Like, and my desire to be really mean to boys. I remember this one time this kid had these like seashells glued to a board and some blue paint splattered on them. That was his like show and tell project. Oh my God, I was, I was such a fucking art critic back then. <laughs> like, this, this is ugly. <laughs> and I apologized because the teacher made me. That's the only reason. If this same scenario happened today, the only difference would have been like, that's so pedestrian. <laughs> it looked like something, like somebody threw up at Long John Silver's. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. <laughs> One time, I hit my cousin in the head with a radio. <laughs> I was really mad at him, but I think it was some kind of weird crush tension. <laughs> <laughs> I had to dial it back. He was my cousin, after all. I love that, that it took like that long to sink in. That feels so good. I love those sinker jokes. <laughs> oh, God. But my best one was in kindergarten. This poor little fucker did not stand a chance against me. I would sneak up behind him all the time and kiss him on the cheeks. <laughs> he would fucking protest every time, but I was drunk with power. <laughs> He thought the safe word was teacher, teacher, teacher. <laughs> teacher can't help you now. <laughs> I gagged her ass with an apple. <laughs> One time, we were doing this art project, and we had to like clean up after ourselves and pick up all the little scraps of paper under the table. Little did he know that I was about to shred his dignity as well. <laughs> We met, I stared at him intensely. He saw the fire in my eyes and he pleaded, no, no, not on the smackers, not on the smackers. I fucking planted one right on him. Just like that. For one brief, sweet moment, he was my bitch. <laughs> When I was like seven, I spent the year in and out of the hospital a lot, having some major operations. This is the part where you say, aw. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Thanks for the pity. <laughs> Disabled people love your pity. <laughs> no, I was good. The pain part, it like wasn't the pain, actually, because I had morphine for that. I was seven, and I knew where to find the good shit. <laughs> They tried to teach me some, like, 
you know, psychological pain techniques. Sweep it away, pretend it's dirt, and you're sweeping it away with a broom. Sweep this. <laughs> Give me the drugs, bitch. <laughs> Fuck. No, but the worst part is I had surgeries on my, like, sides, so they had to, like, flip you over every hour to avoid bed sores. And for, like, an hour every other hour, I would face away from the TV. I was... <laughs> I was seven staring at a blank white wall, for fuck's sake. I was one bored, drugged-up fucking pancake. <laughs> I, so I figured out a solution to this. I begged my mom to put up a wall of hot men to look at. <laughs> she proceeded to do so gleefully. So good. She put up like every Teen Beat magazine centerfold. Even the nurses really got some action that time, so that was cool. But uh, yeah, the uh, middle one was John Stamos. You, do you really think I watched Full House for the shenanigans and the fun family lessons? <laughs> I did not have to hit puberty to know that I wanted to tap that Greek god. I would have let him fill my house. He could have stopped all the bad stuff from coming out of my Pandora's box. <laughs> Once I was ambulatory again, much to everyone's dismay, I went on these little adventures around my house. I snuck into my parents' bedroom from time to time, and one day I discovered my dad's porn collection under the mattress. But I did the respectful thing. And I looked at every single page very carefully <laughs> so as not to uh, decrease the value. But then I rehid them in my room. <laughs> but it was an educational experience. I learned that the word jugs had other applicable meanings. <laughs> I took them over, actually, to my godmother's house one time. By the way, I had, my godmother was kicked out of Catholic school, and I figured my parents picked her because, you know, my mom was Jewish, so we had to water down the church vibes a little bit. <laughs> so they picked the perfect person. I took her this one because I found a really ugly man who was, you know, there receiving a blowjob and enjoying it. I looked at her and was like, is this our family friend, Brian? <laughs> She's like, no, honey. She proceeds to lose her mind laughing. And see, I figured she would be cool with it because when I was six, I put perfume all over myself and I went over to her house. I was like, Heidi, Heidi, do I smell good? She's like, Jesus Christ, you smell like a fucking French bordello. My mom, I went over to my mom and was like, Mommy, what's a French bordello? <laughs> She's like, you said it, you explain it. She told me it was a room in France where people have sex. And I must have known what sex was because I remember being very satisfied with the answer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. 
I was over at my cousin's house, the one I hit in the head with the radio. <laughs> this was back in Ireland, so all the adults left us alone because crime doesn't happen in Ireland. It's way easier to just be drunk and say fuck it. <laughs> so they went down, all the adults like went downtown for like an hour. All the kids were home alone and I was like, you know, I was always on the quest for the fucking holy grail. You could see a naked chick in an R-rated movie, on TV, you know, in a magazine pretty easily, right? But I wanted the male full Monty. So bad. I wanted that, like, you know, that wiener in a haystack kind of situation. The, the slong shot, if you will. That is really hard to say. I had to practice that. <laughs> no, so I, I really wanted to see that. And I knew that that was going to be my lucky night because my aunt had that continental European TV. <laughs> Thank you, God, for satellite dishes. Sure enough, after f about five minutes of flicking through that shit, bam, naked male model photo shoot. Ha, ah, thank God. All I have to say is, vive la France. <laughs> there he was with his beautiful baguette. <laughs> Uh, it's very magnifique. <laughs> How am I doing on time? Uh, two minutes. Okay, two minutes. Okay. Let's see. I will tell you. Oh, I know what I wanted to tell you. My only involvement with the police. It's uh, twice. <laughs> it's not as bad as it sounds, though. I was actually doing it because I had a good heart. <laughs> I went to my other aunt's house and I climbed over the wall to see the dog that lived next door. I was a fucking animal lover. I was mean as fuck to boys, but I love dogs. Dogs are really my best friend, okay? So I see this dog and it's in the most abysmal fucking yard I've ever seen. House falling down, just boards everywhere. It's like that shit you see on Animal Cops Houston, you know? <laughs> Just a fucking sad ass case. And I was like, this is devastating. <laughs> this got me right in the fucking soul, man. So I proceeded to tell my godmother and all of my cousins. It's like, what do we do? Okay. We marched all of our little asses up to the police station, about 10 of us who were like 12 years old, something like that. And we told them. We went home, we discussed it like it was a secret mission. And yeah, it was all good for like a night. Then the cops came to the neighbors. I did not know that they were considered the Irish version of white trash. They made my aunt's life a living hell for the next, like, I don't know how long. And I had to apologize. Once again, I didn't mean it, because I would have done it again. <laughs> Being me means never having to say you're sorry. Or at least having to say it, but never meaning it. <laughs> and the one, the other time, I went in, had a little run-in with the police, was kind of a strange one. I had an exchange student friend that came back to visit, and we wanted to like break into the high school for nostalgia purposes. We just wanted to like sit in the courtyard. So we're all marching up, and you know, I've never willingly like wanted to commit a crime because I know I'm slow and recognizable. <laughs> so I'm like, I mean, I think I would fare pretty well in prison because 
you know, I would just dominate some boy, but that's fine. <laughs> I think I could get a few bitches in prison, it's all good. But yeah, so we were walking up there and my friend proceeds to like go off on her fucking own and pulls on a door. Just a little knob. Woo, 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 woo. I'm like, fuck. What does that mean? Oh my God, oh my God. I panic, everyone starts running. I freeze. I can't run. I am fucked. I'm like, please, somebody pick me up. <laughs> I was really hoping that the guy I had a crush on that was visiting would come to my rescue, fucking knight in shining armor kind of thing. His Amazonian ex-girlfriend comes and grabs me instead. <laughs> That was simultaneously the most relieving and depressing moment of my life. <laughs> they toss me in the back of the station wagon, we drive away for a while, and then we decide, hey, let's see if the cops ever showed up. <laughs> because like returning to the scene of the crime is a great idea, right? Yeah, they showed up, because there's nothing else to do in that fucking town. I'm from Healdsburg, so it's, it's really sad. But that's about my time, so I will leave you guys. Keep it going for Kelly Lynch. Yeah! The improbable evil child who doesn't want to get capped by the police. That was a great one. All right, are you guys ready for your headliner? Yeah! He came uh, all the way up from the South Bay, excited that he's here. He's going to tell us disgusting stories about his childhood. Uh, everybody, put your hands together as David Stolowitz. Yeah! When I was a kid, werewolf stories were really popular. I noticed they've come back again. Um, there were shitty ones like Teen Wolf and awesome ones like American Werewolf in London. I was Jewish and Scottish, so I really appreciated that one. And I was going through puberty at the same time. And uh, the guy, they were interviewing him in one of those behind-the-scenes things, and he said that basically, according to Freud, uh, werewolf transformation was basically just an erection metaphor, which would explain why he used to give me the weirdest boner when I was 13. I never really knew how to deal with that. I didn't know how to deal with being gay either. It was kind of like turning into a monster, as far as America was concerned. Um, yeah, I mean, it was bad enough. Like, I got picked on and bullied all the time. Nobody ever picked me for their team. And then, like, the bullies just kept getting bigger and stronger. And then I started getting boners for them, and it was just the worst. It's humiliating enough. Still think of some of those guys sometimes. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about gay kids a lot lately. Um, I don't have kids. I just work with them. Uh, I run summer camps right now where I try to teach children Java engineering. And, uh, yeah, lots of Indian kids. <laughs> We have three Roshans in our class and two Abhinavs. I was trying to get their videos sorted out and scheduled because we have to record all their work so we can show it off to their parents how much they're learning and having fun um, when I'm not yelling at them. And uh, <laughs> it's like I asked them to label their names with tags, and so they go Abhinav 1, Abhinav 2. <laughs> It doesn't help because our system is so sensitive, like I have to get all the spelling just right with the code for the class and the name of their project. It's this big complex thing. Um, 
But yeah, I yelled at a kid uh, on Thursday, and I don't remember it, to be honest. I was actually dealing with the fallout, like, right as I got here. I was trying to get it all out of the way before I enjoyed, like, a week-long vacation. Um, but yeah, he didn't show up on Friday, which made me really sad because he had been having a lot of fun the whole week, and I thought we were having a good relationship. And uh, usually I get along really well with gay kids, um, even if they don't know they're gay yet. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I think I must take out some kind of my personal insecurities on them because uh, I don't know. My gaydar's never been especially good. Um, I just like, wow, you're super melodramatic and bitchy. You must be gay, you know? <laughs> That's not fair. That's not fair, guys. Um, but little Roshan, like the ocean, <laughs> has been dancing around. And, you know, usually he's just making it through all these easy projects, like he learns to make a, a little car that can move to run a sensor or something like that. And then on Thursday afternoon, he spins the wheel and has to build a ski lift. And actually, like, we were on a roll, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. You can do this. It'll be so fun. We'll get the motors like this. I have all this little whiteboard we can use for the snow. And his partner's getting all enthused, but suddenly he's just like, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. <laughs> and, you know, it's a frustrating class. I'm not getting enough sleep because... They scheduled me to work in Cupertino while I was still living with my parents in Santa Clara. Since then, I've become trailer trash in Morgan Hill. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an hour, hour and a half commute. Um, or 85 or 280, depending on which place you're going to. And we're in this uh, church in Cupertino where there are more signs about the air conditioning than about Jesus. You can really tell the priorities are straight. But... Um, yeah, it took me back, and I was thinking, you know, I think these kids are so fucking obnoxious sometimes, but I was the same. And uh, back in the day, uh, I used to tie, um, what was it, paper clips uh, around electrical plugs and then stick them in the socket. Because I saw Walter Matthau do it once in a movie. <laughs> and my mom and I fucking love Walter Matthau. He was the shit. <laughs> And uh, Hoskosh was an awesome movie. And I don't know at the time what I was thinking. It was in sixth grade. We were in this portable in uh, the Northwest where I grew up. I was born in Stockton. I lived in Long Beach. Yeah. <laughs> Glockton. I never even heard that till recently. But yeah, I've been around. And the weird thing is I missed all the gangster scene. Like I moved up to Washington and my friend's like, yo, you from Long Beach? You know Snoop Dogg? And I'm like, Snoopy? What? <laughs> I like Snoopy. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> used to come up and just like throw down, you know, Tupac and uh, Snoop Dogg lyrics and he would be like, what's up? And I'd be go like, the ceiling, duh. You know? <laughs> and he's like, oh, what's down? He'd go, hell, that's what's down. And I was really scared about that. Um, that's been my preoccupation since puberty, not going to hell. Um, so I failed, as you can see. <laughs> no, it's, it's not so bad. Um, I was uh, homeless for a while, but that still didn't compare with dealing with my mother. So um, <sighs> there were times, like, I had really bad acne when I was a kid. She, uh, she wanted to pick it out, which, you know, doctors will tell you will just make it worse. Um, and I think that's why I ended up just doing meth eventually. It was a logical end result. <laughs> She used to chase me around when I didn't want to get picked out screaming, it's got to come out! And I wasn't sure if she was talking about the acne or the gay. <laughs> 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 S 
so when I decided to blow up the computers in sixth grade, inspired by Walter Matthau, um, I had some weird scheme in my head about trying to take over the school. I didn't know how I was going to do that by electrocuting things, but it sounded cool at the time. <laughs> Um, I always had plans for world domination. My favorite comedy was Pinky and the Brain. Yeah. yeah. Animaniacs only lasted four seasons because apparently, like, the humor was so high level that they weren't getting the advertising returns from all the kids' projects they were trying to sell during the commercials. So they didn't have enough money to continue the program, even though it won all those t Emmys. Sucked. Um, but yeah, Animaniacs calmed me down when I wasn't masturbating. Um... I was in love with my best friend. Uh, he was named Scott, but he was German. Yeah, it was funny. I'm a Scottish Jew, and uh, it just kind of worked. He let me suck him off a couple times, which was very generous. <laughs> he was such a good friend. I mean, and uh, he wouldn't finish. He was too insecure. Like, he would always run off to the toilet when that happened. And it sucked because, like, he had a really big dick and it gave me unrealistic expectations. <laughs> One time he was doing a prank with my uh, scanner where he was just trying to be funny and decided to, like, fax his dick. But then I wanted to save the file and I just made it awkward. <laughs> Back in the day, you remember, like, when the internet was first starting, everybody was exploring the porn potential, but the download time was a lot slower than it is now. <laughs> So I was trying to get photos of like Carl Hardwick and some of the classic gay icons, but it took like two hours for that, what about 36 bitmap image to show. <laughs> and uh, that was how he found out that I was gay, is uh, he came home with me once like he usually did. He went up to use my computer and uh, like three-fourths of Carl Hardwick had been downloading. <laughs> I really liked that picture. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's funny because it's like it took me forever to get the words out of my mouth to tell him, but he already knew. And it's like he was more okay with it than I ever was. I had all these hang-ups about it, but, you know, he was a philosopher. He got sent off to military academy, but later he got out of it and went to UCLA. Um, I miss him. We had another friend that we hung out with. We used to play Dungeons and & Dragons, and then uh, I would try to wrestle him. <laughs> I was in wrestling, actually, but I was the worst one on the team, and I wanted to quit because, again, boners. Yeah. It didn't help, like, also my coach was this big, sexy bear that was, like, my American history teacher. He was from Appalachia, and this was, like, before beards were really popular, if you can imagine such a time. Um... But yeah, he'd like come into class and he'd do this thing where he'd like bite on his lower lip and flare his beard hairs. Just turn me on so much I'd have to run off to the restroom and relieve myself. <laughs> and you know, it, the funny thing was I never really was into drugs. Like I didn't even try pot till college, but everybody thought I was a druggie, including my teachers. They'd ask me like where I'd been and what I was up to and what I was using. And they'd show me like pictures and stuff. But I, w I won the D.A.R.E. award. You know, it wasn't fair. I waited a long time to do drugs. Then I never looked back. <laughs> um, so, yeah, other things I, I did. Uh, so I got together with a friend once, and uh, I'm all in my sweats, and we're going to practice wrestling because I'm on the wrestling team or whatever. And my friends, <laughs> he might be gay. I mean, we were suspicious, but he never really came out. I got away with about 50% of it before he... 
kind of found a way out, and we never really talked about it much. <laughs> Too busy playing D&D. He was trying to be a good cleric. <laughs> um, we tried to prank call him once. Sometimes we were unsuccessful. One time I remember the Lion King was really big, and we did this prank call where uh, he got a call from the Pink Club in Tuckwilla, Washington. <laughs> And uh, we were blaring Elton John in the background from the Lion King soundtrack. And it wasn't even one of the major ones. It was like his personal rendition of I Just Can't Wait to Be King. <laughs> That's the gayest thing my friend had ever heard. He's like, this is perfect. We have to play it. <laughs> and so uh, we devised this script where we were asking him about uh, the bill he hadn't closed the other night and uh, describing like the items on the list that he had bought, including uh, lap dances. <laughs> <laughs> We were really hoping his dad would hear this. <laughs> but the thing is, he was just too cute and small. Like, I don't know. Chris was a weird kid. Sometimes he would just tee off to himself and then nod in satisfaction. <laughs> we couldn't figure out if he ever actually played golf or not. <laughs> Washington was a gorgeous place to grow up. I miss it terribly. Um, I was the class of 2001. That was not so great a year. <laughs> and it's weird. It's like, you know, it was literally uh, another kind of world back then for me. I mean, I was naive, and I get that. But I think I also had a bigger sense of wonder, um, a bigger sense of fear in some cases, but also uh, safety. And you can, you can get away with a lot more things when you feel safe, right? These days, I just get arrested. No, actually, that's not true. I've never actually been arrested. Uh, one time, I left my bong out, and uh, my neighbor's kid almost grabbed it, and the cop wasn't happy about that. But then I explained how I had PTSD, and he had a little more sympathy, so that was good. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think back. Like, in high school, I, I lightened up a little bit by senior year. I never really came out to except maybe two of my friends, but I was really looking forward to coming out in college. It was going to be awesome. And uh, I have my uh, my high school Letterman jacket still. I've been debating whether to throw it out or not. Not all the time. That'd be creepy and sad. <laughs> I was watching Varsity Blues the other night. I'd be like that guy who showed up at the, the, the drinking show, and I graduated like 15 years ago. <laughs> I'm going to wear it to Wyndham's one of these days. I think that'd be good. Uh, that's our little club in San Jose, Santa Clara. You should, guys should come down. It's fun. Hi, Pete. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Everybody told me I was an evil kid because I wanted to fuck guys, but... I don't know if I was really as evil as everybody supposed I was. I kind of think they were evil and they were just scapegoating me. But I was really convinced that I was the fucking devil, you guys. I mean, I had to perform a, a thorough exorcism on myself, a moral autopsy, to figure out what exactly had gone wrong to make me a faggot, which is the most horrible thing you can be in America. I hated that word so much. And it's like, I've learned since then, like people have told me, you know, I said that's so gay and fag all the time, but I don't really hate gay people. It's just the way we talked, you know? <laughs> you were so subhuman, we didn't even think about it, you know? <laughs> okay. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I told friends in high school, um, I dated a girl once. I, I thought it was my duty to try it out and experiment, just to say I had. We never even went to first base. 
It lasted about two weeks. Um, what ended up happening is I felt so guilty that I wrote a long letter to her explaining that I had this incurable disease which caused me to have no feelings for women. <laughs> which was half the truth in my mind. I couldn't just come out and say I was gay because then she'd blab it all over the school. But, but this way she was just like, it's okay, I understand. You know, I had this medical condition, you know. <laughs> I can't help it. Oh! <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> David Stolowitz, yes, yay! So you've never been arrested. You were never truly arrested. I, uh, my first time, I'll tell you guys this before we end this wonderful show. I was arrested when I was, I just turned 17 years old. I was a senior in high school because I was young. Uh, I was Anyway, so I was 17 when I was a senior in high school. And uh, nobody liked me in my grade because I was weird. And so I, I hung out with freshmen, young boys. I hung out. Imagine that. I hung out with young boys. Can you imagine me, Pam Benjamin, hanging out with young boys? Absolutely true. Weird, right? So I'm 17 and I'm hanging out with a bunch of 14-year-old guys. And, uh, and I have a fake ID because I went to DVC. You remember, when I was a senior in high school, I was like really smart. I had so much promise as a child. That's the only reason I was evil is that I really fucked over my parents because I had a lot of promise. I was supposed to be like, you know, something when I grew up. <laughs> uh, but so it was, right? So, but I'm 17 and I'm going to junior college and I'm sitting next to my friend, Jennifer Stacy Smith of 50 Rockport Court. And she says, hey Pam, she says, it's my 21st birthday and I have a present for you. And I said, what is that? And she said, my ID, because we looked so much alike. So I was Jennifer Stacy Smith from 50 Rockport Court in Danville, California, 94526. Uh, I was an Aquarius. Gotta know your sign, everybody. Anyways, I had a fake ID when I was 17, and so I used to buy 14-year-old guys beer, because duh, right? <laughs> so uh, I also, I would pick them up in my Hyundai Scoop that my parents bought for me when I was 16, because I was perfect, and I got my 4.0 for those three years, they bought me a car that then I immediately wrecked, and then they fixed it for me, and then I was still driving it. Okay, so we're all caught up on this story. Uh, I've got four 14-year-old boys in my car, I've got a 24-pack of beer, and we go, where are we going to drink, you guys? And they go like, I don't know, we're 14. And so I say, I know where to go because I run cross-country in Danville. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to the top of this hill where this old monastery is, and we're going to drive, we're going to park, and we're just going to drink these 24 beers. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a good time. Young boys in my car. I'm seven. I know I'm a senior and you're a freshman. This is cool, right? Am I cool yet? Is this cool? Are we? It's cool, right? Okay, so we get up there. We're having a good time. I'm actually not drinking yet because I was like, well, I don't want to take the beers away from them. I'm trying to impress these young boys, right? <laughs> so I'm giving them all the beers and they're drinking. And then suddenly, here comes a police car with the lights. And I'm like, oh, fuck put the beer in the trunk and close it because I just took civics and they can't look in the trunk without probable cause. I know this, right? So they come up to the car and they go, what are you guys doing? I'm like, we're just hanging out here up on the hill. We don't know what we're doing. And they're like, can we look in the trunk? And I'm like, no, like, what, why? They go, well, you're trespassing. I was like, oh, is that probable cause? They're like, yeah, honey, open your trunk. Uh, so they open the trunk and they find the beers and I'm like, oh, hey. So we all get, we all get handcuffed. 
And we all get put in the back of the police cars. And they drive us down to the Danvo police station right there off of El Cerro, right there. And uh, they give us all breathalyzers. And all the boys come out positive on the breathalyzer, like big time. And I blow, and they're like, you're not blowing hard enough. I'm like, <laughs> if, if I had a nickel, <laughs> like, okay, I'm 17, I, I, got, I gotcha. It's not a ball, you're supposed to suck it like a popsicle, not blow it. Like a gotcha, okay, here we go. So I blow, and I get a 0.00. My parents finally come pick me up, and I'm carrying the thing, and they're like, Oh, you're in trouble, lady. And I'm like, no, it's 0.0. And I actually hung it on the wall in my bedroom until I went to college. Was my 00. I was like, no, no, no. I'm just buying beer and hanging out with 14-year-old boys. The thing is that none of them ratted me out for being the one that bought the beer. They said that some old guy did it at a thing. Thank God, because I used that ID all the way through college. Like, I used that ID until I actually turned 21. Uh, I actually... And, and it was great because I was 50, you know, and then I'd go, it, it expired, and I was in PB uh, down at Moondoggies at one point in PB in uh, San Diego. And they were like, uh, your license is expired. And I had this line, I would say, yeah, DUI, they yanked my license on the spot. What am I supposed to do? Not drink? <laughs> but I was like 19 years old in downtown San Diego being like, what? Come on! No one ever took my ID. See, I wasn't evil as a child. I was, the problem was I, was I thought I was smart. <laughs> but that's because I was hanging out with 14-year-old boys in the back of my, my car. Yeah. Well, no, they were there. But nothing even happened. That was the thing that sucked. Is I don't even remember these guys' names. I didn't get a date out of it. None of them told, no, none of them told their friends that I was cool. <laughs> I was just the senior in high school hanging out with freshmen, which I learned later, not cool at all. <laughs> not, not, not cool. Okay, so that's the time I... I was arrested for the first time. Yay! Yeah. Funny enough, every time I've been arrested, it's been about alcohol. Isn't that weird? I don't... That's so confusing. That's a bit from me. Yay. Uh, well, I still feel like a 14-year-old trapped in the body of a 41-year-old, which is perfect because you just transpose those numbers. <laughs> so I still feel like a kid. Thank you guys all for being here tonight. I like fires and other terrible things I did as a child. Uh, thank you guys for being here at Mutiny Radio. Come back every Friday for Pam Dice's Comedy Clubhouse. Uh, next week is the, what, the 8th? I can't even remember what that show is. The 15th is my five-year anniversary of comedy show, and the 19th is Oh My DUI. That's the one I'm excited for. On the 19th, we have a show that's all comedians who've had DUIs, and it's called Oh My DUI. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a DUI. That was the other time I was arrested. Was the, what's the 8th? Is it another hell hat? I don't even know what it is on the 8th. It's okay. It's something. Whatever. There's a show here every Friday from 8 to 10. Uh, if anybody wants any more pot treats, they're five bucks. It's uh, donations to the station. They're good. They're like, they're really delicious. Yeah, give it up to David in the back, running the ones and twos. David Zunzu. Download his album whenever he makes it. It'll happen at some point. Thank you guys for being here. Good night. Yay!
wrong with me? Yeah! yeah. Hey, this is MutinyRadio.fm. You're listening to Flat Black Plastic Show. Enjoy. Enjoy. 